0: I was so good this morning. I, if I was, the, I felt like I got the lazy spirit on me, but it's, it's not lazy, it's just that I've been so blessed by the yeah. Lord, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I, I've already had church. How about you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had church. Lord, don't let me mess it up now. <laughs> Jesus, we are just thankful to you, thankful for all you do, all you're going to do, all you've done, Lord, and I just believe it. That today is our day That we can declare that this is the day The Lord has made and we're going to rejoice in it We're going to be glad in it You're going to download things into our spirit today That's going to get released out of us Lord, it's going to get up into our minds And get up into our hearts Lord, and we're going to have a day of Impartation, Lord Where you're going to impart some things And we're going to have a day of release Where there's things that have been in, In people's hearts for years that you're going to begin to release them, Lord. I believe that word that was given to this church a few weeks ago about that, about the bud, the bloom, and the almond, Lord, that that's a word that counts in heaven. And Lord, we're calling forth for the bloom and the bud. Some of you need to bud. Some of you need to bloom, and some of you it's your time of fruit. So Lord, give us wisdom, each one of us individually, to know... What if we're budding or we're blooming or we're fruit producing fruit, or we're bearing the fruit, Lord, because you're producing everything, Jesus. <laughs> that's the good thing about the Lord, isn't it? We don't have to produce nothing. All we got to do is bear what He does. Amen. He said, and, and uh, what did he say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that a beautiful? So if you got heaviness on you today that's not, that's a bad heaviness, get it off of you because it's not the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to read this verse to you. Hey, if I repeat myself today, uh, I'm sorry. Not really. I'm not through talking about this prophetic anointing. And the reason I'm not through is because I don't think God is through. Okay? And I feel like we're in a prophetic moment in time. I really feel that really strongly. And um, I feel like we've been in it for a few months now. Well, maybe maybe for a few years, but maybe I'm just com- becoming aware of things. Amen. But we are in a specific moment prophetically. So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning, if I could. And, but, but the hope is for impartation, because I think God wants to do something. Uh, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. First Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love. Do both. I think I shared that before. Do both. Don't just pursue love. But boil over, literally, that's where it says, boil over to, to prophesy. Boil over in your heart. Okay? That's what Paul said, you know. And if there's any doubt about it, he ends, the, ends that chapter. Not that he ended it, but somebody decided to end that chapter. He ended the thought in verse 39 of 1 Corinthians 14. Therefore, brethren, desire... He even threw in earnestly, this earnestly boil over to prophesy. Okay, earnestly. And do not forbid to speak with tongues. And of course, he goes through that whole chapter about tongues and, and prophecy, in which the prophecy is such a much better gift, a greater gift, because it builds up the people of God. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to build people up. We're in a time where God wants to restore people. He wants to restore dreams, and He wants to restore hearts. He wants to yeah. restore passion in people. Yeah. People have become lethargic spiritually. And people have lost their way. People have lost their way. There's people in this room. You've lost your way. You're here, but you're going through the motions. You've lost your way because, because there's something in you that has, has fallen down. How many people have, have gone through brokenness? Don't raise your hand. Everybody in this room has. Have you ever just been worshiping the Lord and, and out of your and you, you can even hear in your own heart, you can even hear the brokenness coming out of you. You ever had that experience? You know that's a, 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 a you know one of those hurt so good you know sweet and terrible at the same moment when you when you realize there's this brokenness in you and it's coming out in your worship and it's coming out in your words and it doesn't come easy but that brokenness is necessary that brokenness is necessary in your life because you can never become the person God's called you to be without God allowing things to go on in your life that break your heart. And God will allow your heart to be crushed and broken. And and He will allow disappointment to come into your life. But it's not to hurt you. And it's not to set you back. It's really to help you become everything that He has created you to be. Because everything you've been created to be lies down in your spirit. It doesn't rest in our soul. And our soul is many times in the way of what God wants to do. Many times it's just in the way. And there's this brokenness in the realm of our soul that has to happen. And that's where the disappointments, and that's where the things that don't work out in your life the way you thought, that's, that's where that brokenness can really affect you. And I see so many believers, though, uh, that go through brokenness, but they never seem to, to come out of it. They never come around. Are you following what I'm saying? And, they, and that's what creates lukewarmness in people. That's what causes the believer who had a lot of passion for the Lord and had a lot of dreams in God and a lot of fire in their hearts uh, and then over time they lose that. It is because, it's because the, the, the hard things they went through in life jaded them. And they allowed the hard things to dictate who they would be. Are y'all following this this morning? And so that's really why we go through these things. And it's really, really important that we have this gift. And that's why Paul said, earnestly go after this prophetic thing. Because people are going to need A prophetic word People are going to need the, the voice of God To be spoken into their life And released over their life To build them up And to bring them back to life So to speak, And to breathe life back into them And give them hope and vision again Amen. And that's really why Paul said Go after it Be honest about it don't, don't just take it for granted Don't just say it's for somebody else Because he also says Y'all may prophesy and encourage everybody to be. You know, we've quoted and used Ephesians 1-3 ever and ever because it says, Blessed be the God and Father our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us of every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so... We have all these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ, but a prophetic word will go into those heavenly places. That's what a prophetic word does. It goes into those those heavenly places in Christ and get what is in there and brings it into your, your life, into the practical everyday of your life. Because it's beautiful that they're up there in the spiritual realm. It's beautiful that we're seated up there, but it becomes a beautiful thing in your life when, you, when somehow, through some kind of prophetic unction that comes on a person that allows what's there to become what's here. And that's what God is on. He say your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It is, it is trying, it is the, it's the prayer, it is the desire of God's heart to allow that reality to become your reality and my reality and to walk with that in this fallen world. And that's why God has spoken through different people, through Paul and through through Peter and through John and through Jesus himself. You know, the, the testimony of Jesus the spirit of prophecy to, to, to put this thing in us, to put this desire in us to prophesy and to receive from heaven words, not just for us, in those around us, but for everywhere we go, that we would be a prophetic people. God's called us to be a prophetic people. He asked us to be a prophetic people. Amen. He offers us to be a prophetic people. Amen. You know, a prophetic word is very powerful in your life. It can impact every area. Right? And it can impact your health. It can impact your finances. And everybody wants to right? Yeah. You know, it impacts relationships. It impacts the direction of your life. You know, that's, that's the, the dream. That's the goal is to have something from heaven, not just the wisdom on the earth, but something from heaven to impact us. To impact us. Um, uh, 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 imagine, imagine this. I, I, this is the worst imagine ever. Uh, a, a pregnant woman getting, getting a, a diagnosis about her unborn baby. Imagine the diagnosis not being something that anyone would want for that child and for that family. And see, a prophetic word from heaven can turn that around. A prophetic word can stop those plans of the enemy. The prophetic word can turn an evil report into a good report. A genuine prophetic word can change an entire life. An entire life, a, prof- a genuine prophetic word can change the course of a human being's life. It can change the course of a nation. Imagine People prophetically been able to speak to the leaders of our nation and yet piercing them and cutting them to the point where they would change, make decisions based on what they hear in those prophetic words. That's, that's what God's after in the earth. That's what God is after, He's after that. Okay, and so yes and amen. Your life can be fast-forwarded by a prophetic word. I mean, how would you like your life to be fast-forwarded? How would you like to uh, jump over some things, not go through some things, to shoot into something, to be accelerated down the road quickly, spiritually, in your mind, in your heart? How about your intelligence? How about your intelligence being fast-forwarded, where suddenly you have more intelligence operating in you? A prophetic word can release that for you. For somebody,
1: Byron.
0: Yeah. And it also can protect us from wasting time. Many people are wasting their time doing things that God has not asked them to do. They're doing it because they think God wants I mean, God is saying, where did you get that concept from? You got it from somebody else. You got it from somebody else doing it. You saw them doing it. You thought it was a good thought. It was a great thought for them, but maybe not you. See, the the demons have plans for you. The demons have uh, uh, um, appointments for you. They have people for you. Okay? To, To come into your life. Situations to happen to you, but God has a word to warn you. God has a word to tell you to steer clear. God has a word to tell people, hey, it's time for you to step step out of this conversation. Amen. It's time for you to step into something else. It's time for you to step away. Amen. Or it's time for you to step over here. God has words for people. And once we begin to hear God speak prophetically in our hearts, we can we can avoid a lot of trouble. Amen. Amen. Okay, well I just that was a little encouragement. So here's some. Thank you. So I want to give you something here. Uh, let this, this ministers to me. okay? everybody probably knows everything oh, yeah. I say. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> but when I think about it, it just speaks to my heart so much and listen, I don't want to take anything for granted. I don't want to assume nothing. And, and so these are a couple to three uh, what I call basic understandings for us to really become prophetic people that we need to carry these understandings in the background of our heart always. Amen? So I'm shifting gears just for a minute, then I'm going to finish, okay, that's something else. Okay, here's foundation number one is uh, the finality, the sufficiency, and the authority of the Scripture. Okay, the finality, the sufficiency, and the authority of the Scriptures. And I'm talking about the whole... Whole 66 books of the Bible. So, nothing I or anyone says uh, you know, about the prophetic means that the, what we're saying, what anyone says, what any prophetic words you may receive, that does not mean those words have authority over the Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? They are not equal to the Bible, they are not the Bible, they are not the finished word of God. Okay? That's not what we're, what we're talking about here. The Bible's finished. The Bible's not a book in process or progress. The Bible's a finished book. The Bible's a foundation that's already been laid. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so when we begin to talk about the prophetic, we're not talking about something that's equal to the prophecies in the Scriptures, and the, to, to the Scriptures themselves. In fact, I do believe this with the, with the, with the Scriptures and, with, and, and, of course, empowered by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit. We already have enough to live a godly life in Christ. It's already there. It's already been given to us. Okay? But God has chosen, even in those scriptures, to say, earnestly desire the prophetic. Earnestly desire it. Earnestly desire it. So that's even part of the scriptures themselves. An encouragement to go after something. Amen? Woo! Our prophecies, our prophecies that we give don't add or subtract from the scripture. They do not add or subtract, subtract from the Scripture. Okay, number two. I'm going to tell you about the authority of the New Testament prophetic gift. 1 Corinthians 13, 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Okay, we know in part, we prophesy in part. I don't believe the New Testament gift of prophecy. Boy, I can't talk. Has the same authority, or, or has the authority of, old, of, number one, of Old Testament prophets. Or the authority of Jesus and the apostles. You got? Did you hear what I just said to you? That I do not believe that New Testament gift of prophecy has the same authority as the Old Testament prophecies or Jesus and the apostles. They are not the same level. They are not the same. They're not equal. That's important. That's really important. New Testament prophecy is birthed by the Holy Spirit. A genuine prophetic word, given out, is birthed by the Holy Spirit. There's no question about it. You know, it has its root. A genuine word has its root in God. It's based on revelation from God. Okay, but it's coming through imperfect people. Okay, imperfect people, imperfect people are hearing it. Okay. So, God can give a genuine thought, a genuine word to anybody in this room, and you can take that word and you can communicate that word, and it may not be 100% accurate what you communicated because it's coming through. I'll give you one grand example out of my life that I had two grand examples. One I'm not going to give you because it's just so humiliating. It's just even going to be, it would be terrible for me to say it. On my part, you probably wouldn't care, but it was awful that day. Um, well, one time we were praying for a friend of mine, and there were a few people praying for and the Lord gave me a vision for this person, and I saw these silver coins. Uh, that's what I saw, and I knew the Lord was speaking to this person about these silver coins. So I was saying, well, Lord, what, what does the silver coins mean for, the, for my friend?" And while other people were praying, I was asking the Lord. And, of course, the Lord wasn't saying a word to me, and I was getting a little anxious. So I started, you know, my little brain started working, and I started coming up. You know, I going through the scriptures about silver. And so I came up with this very, very elaborate interpretation of what those silver coins meant. And it was all very biblical, what I said. I gave them scriptures and everything. And I gave this person that. And they, they were really great. They were nice about you. hmm yeah, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. And then after the prayer ended, this is what this person said, Byron, that was amazing. Those silver coins. Because this is what they meant. When I was a little girl, my mama gave me these silver coins. And my mama died. And my daddy remarried. And my stepmother took my silver coins. And it broke my heart. And I always had something in my heart against my stepmother. And when you said that, I heard the Lord ask me to forgive my stepmother. Oh, I was so humiliated. I was blessed that God was able to speak to this person over my little fault. You hear what I'm saying? What I saw was true. God was doing something. But I I filtered it through my intellect, not through my heart. So you see, you see, that's how the New Testament gift of prophecy works. And sometimes I could give somebody a word that was 100% accurate. They could hear the word, take the, interpret the, wrong, the word wrong, and misapply it. So there's a lot of, lot of issues in this. That's, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need a relationship with the Lord. Because apart from a relationship with the Lord, we, we're going to really, really blow it really big time. Are y'all following this? So we can have this mixture, you know. All right, here's the, the third thing, and then I'm going to shift. Because I don't really like it. Well, I love this, but I don't think I, I'm just going to. Parts of this happens with, by experience. When you give a bad interpretation, or when you give a bad word, and you're going to have to learn the hard way. And at that point, you can give up and quit pursuing this, or you can buckle up. You know, you can buckle up like a kid after they get disciplined and grow up and keep going. You know, and become a blessing to people. And that's what God wants some of us to do. The other one is uh, is to test or sift the prophetic word. Okay, every prophetic word that we say, we need to test it. And the, the, the picture of that is actually sift. Let me give you scripture here. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, 20 through 21 it says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies. Test or literally sift all things. Hold fast the word is good. Sift the word. We're not our job is not to sift the person <clears throat> given the word. Our job is not to judge the person. It does not say that. It says judge the word, test the word. Okay? A lot of people get off because somebody gives them a word that's not exactly right. They judge that person being a false prophet. Well, that's not New Testament prophetic gift. And we're not we're, we're not told to do that. We're told to test the word, to sift the word. You know what a sifter is? Everybody know what a sifter is? When I was a little boy, my mama used to make biscuits. And she had this big old wooden bowl. And she had this silver sifter that she'd put the flour in. And she'd take it and turn this little thing, what it would do is break up the clumps and if there's any impurities in the flower, they couldn't go through the little mesh down there. And so when you ate your biscuit, you didn't bite into a rock or something. Or something. And so that's what uh, Paul is telling these people. You need to sift these words. Sift the impurities out of the word. He is, he's giving us a hint. There's probably going to be some impurities in the word because the guy who gave the word had some impurities in him. He was not perfect. And you have some impurities in you. You're not perfect. You're not mature. So you can take it wrong. So sift it by the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit sift the the bad out of it and give you what God wants you to get instead of despising it and rejecting it. Because Paul says right here, if you despise this imperfection and this gift, you are quenching the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. That's why all this is there. Paul has a great grasp with this. Are y'all following me this morning? And so, what he's trying to do is encourage people this is the way you handle the imperfections. Sift them. Mm -hmm. Sift the word. Just sift it. You should be sifting every message you hear from anybody, especially (laughs) me. Sift it. If I say something that ain't right, right, dummy. (laughs) You ain't a dummy, Byron. (laughs) I got something as well. But this is important for us. You know, so we can really walk in this. So the New Testament gift of prophecy is not an either-or situation where you have a true infallible prophet or a false presumptuous prophet. That is not it. That was Old Testament. Do y'all understand this? Old Testament, it was either-or. Old Testament, if a prophet spoke something that wasn't right, he was a false prophet. That is not New Testament. New Testament is, there's probably going to be impurities in it, so sift it. Takes what is of God, and let the rest, you know, like Mama would take. As she sifted, she'd dump the thing in the trash, and what was in there in the trash. And you'd have good bread. And that's what God wants you to have, is good bread. Amen. Yeah. Ooh, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. So, yeah. Amen. Help i do too. So, here's my view. In the Bible, there's three categories of, at least three, there's probably more, but I know three categories of prophecies. There's one, Old Testament prophets. Two, there's Jesus and the apostles. Three, there's the New Testament gift of prophecy. Guess which category we're in. We're in the New Testament gift of prophecy. Therefore, we understand it is imperfect. The gift's perfect. But the gift flows through us imperfect people Okay And so we need to always sip this And we need to see that we're operating So when you hear stuff Or stuff on the internet When people say that guy was a false prophet You know what they should be saying even, even if he is a false prophet Because that's not what the scriptures teach us to do We can say his prophecy wasn't right His prophecy was false It's up to God to judge him Whether he's a false prophet or not Not us a lot of people have gotten in trouble with, with the prophetic in the New Testament because they have judged people to be false prophets. Where and, so in the, and so really they're in trouble because they're making a judgment that God has not you know, given us the right to make. Judge the prophecy. That wasn't a real word from the Lord. That's what you do. And you let, let, whether that guy's real or not, you cannot listen to them anymore and all that, but let God do the judging on that. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right. So, I said all that. Mercy, Lord. So you kind of understand where we're coming from. Um, so, one of the things about the about the prophetic is, um, I think I read it last time I talked to you, it was 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit to you, son Kim, the to of the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you waste a good warfare; that by these prophetic words you waste a good warfare. And so, the prophetic really is a method, or a tool, or a weapon that God's given us to battle the enemy. Okay, it's it's a genuine. It's one of the weapons of our warfare. It's, It's prophetic words that have been spoken over our life. Prophetic promises that God has given us. Okay? And so this is really, really a vital, I mean, this is a vital thing here in this hour that we're living in. Um, Because God, I believe most people probably have promises over their life that's been spoken over their life. And and God, and some of us have these words that have never come true. Right, I mean, it's like, they're, you know, like, Lord, if that thing don't come true soon, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have to let my kids do it because I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be too old to do it, you know? Um, so I've, I've found out in my life um, the enemy, I kind of understand, and I think most of us do if you're paying attention, how the devil works in your particular, in your life. Is you know, the devil has a method that he has towards you. And he will, if you'll pay attention, that's why Paul, uh, Peter said, don't be, Paul said, don't be, let's be aware of his schemes. In other words, you need to understand you have an enemy. He has a way he operates in your life. And he's going to go after you. And he is going to try to pen- penetrate your, your defenses that you have and get into your mind and begin to work on you. And begin to tell you things and do things in your life. There's somebody in this room Literally, you're walking around, and there's a demon walking around right next to you, talking to you. Literally, I have seen that in the spirit. I have seen people walk in the church and seen a demon attached to their head, talking to them. And if you don't believe that, I'm, that's, really, I'm sorry you don't, because it's the truth, because the spiritual world is real. And, and so we have this, this enemy who's working on us, and he really has no power, okay, except he has the power of deception, he has the power of accusation he has the power of slander okay and but but once we begin to have agreement with what we're hearing from the demonic realm that's when we are turning our authority over to him and suddenly he has the power to do something are y'all following that? that that's just the way it works when you, when you come into agreement with God stuff happens right when you come into agreement with God and begin to speak what God's speaking there's power but when you come into agreement with the devil, and while he's speaking, there's also power. Okay? And so, I found out in my life, one of the things that, that the devil has really destroyed me at times was in the realm of vision, in the realm of hope. Okay? Because I've realized, you know, here's one thing. I, I found this out about hope. Okay? Okay? Is like the most important aspect of being happy. You will not find a hopeless person that's happy. The most unhappy people in the world are people who don't have hope. And so when we have hope in our hearts, we're, we're more a lot more happy as human beings than we are without this hope in our heart. And see, that's really one of the things. Hope by its very nature is very prophetic. So, I want to tell you something. Prophetic really release happiness into your life. I'm not saying joy, I'm saying happiness. And happiness is highly underrated by the church, I think. I I mean, you know, I hear, you know, happiness is tied to circumstance, but happiness happiness is also tied to hope. And hope's spiritual. Okay? Let me just read this to you Uh, Proverbs 29, 18. Are y'all okay? I haven't asked you that yet. Are y'all paying attention? Are you going to sleep? Are you daydreaming? Are you thinking about somebody else? Are you wishing I would shut up? Are you wishing, like, gosh, it's been going on too long. Please stop. <laughs>
1: Not
0: yet. Hey, you know what I did? I listened to this message I preached in uh, 19 years ago, and I <laughs> it was terrible. I was like, I was uh, I was an uh, aggressive rascal back I am. You know, there's new wine and old wine. I'm old wine. That was new wine. And it was. Aggressive. I've had people complain at me about not preaching about sin. I should give them that tape. I'm preaching about sin, buddy. I was wearing people out about it, all kinds of sins. <laughs> it was terrible. There was good stuff in there, but they came a in the message, I thought I need to shut up. Now, I'm calling me to listen to it. I just need to shut up. I'm done. Ten minutes later, I'm still going. I'm like, shut up. You're making it worse. <laughs> Anyways, I'm trying to do better. No, I didn't throw nothing that day. You know, it's kind of funny about that. I actually remember preaching that message. When I listened to it. I thought, oh, I remember doing that. I remember it. I didn't remember all of it, but I remember the message. I remember some stuff I said. And it was crazy. Crazy, crazy. Anyways, listen to this. Where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven bliss fills your soul. And that beautiful heaven's bliss. When there's a prophetic word released into our life, it gives us hope. Hope gives us that heavenly bliss. That we're excited about life. We have something to live for. We have something to dream for. You can't separate vision from hope. People who have hope have vision. Okay? And people who have vision for life, a purpose in life, where they see that God. Is going to do something. They believe that God's going to do something. They believe something's going to happen for them. There's something in front of them that's going to be good. That's people with hope. That's people who, who are who are carrying something prophetically in their heart. And say, much of the church. And there's people in this room you don't carry that no more. Or maybe you've never carried that. And you're not happy with your life. You, you suffer. You, you're kind of, kind of sad. You struggle to stay happy. You struggle to You struggle spiritually. And it's because because you've lost this. The enemy has gone after that. And I really believe when we go through difficult times, the enemy is always going after our hope. He's he's, he's honing in to take your hope away. Because if he can take your hope away, he can take your vision away. He can take your dreams away. He can take your passion away. He can take your love for God away. That's what he does. He, He goes after all of that. Is, do y'all know? Have y'all been there? Have y'all been there when you felt like you were on the verge of just losing the hope and your heart was just broken and you had this disappointing thing working on you and you looked at your future and you didn't see a good future and you felt rejected, you felt put out, you felt left out? Does anybody else have ever went through that? You see, that's the devil. And God, and that's why Paul was saying, You gotta get this prophetic thing working in your life, because it's gonna tell you something different. Yeah. It's gonna tell you that stuff that's speaking to you is a lie. Yeah. It's a lie. And you're believing a lie, and you're building your life on a lie, you're making choices on a lie, and it's gonna bind you up, and it's a it's a bad circle you're going in. Amen. It's true. And I'll tell you another thing. I just want to say, is confidence. When, you, when you're when you in a, a difficult time in your life, the enemy wants your confidence. That's why the Bible says don't throw it away. The devil cannot take your confidence away from you. But you can give it to him. That's why Paul says that in Hebrews 10. Hebrews Hebrews 10.35. Don't throw away your confidence because it will reward you. Have you ever known people who had everything going for them. A good education, good family. You know, they got this, they got that. But they couldn't, never, nothing never worked in their life. And then you find these people who came from nothing. coming came from nothing. And they were nothing. But they overcame all of that. And God used them or they became successful in whatever they put their hands in. What's the difference? A lot of times it's godly confidence. Yeah. One had godly confidence, the other didn't. And the ones with godly conscience, they had this belief from God and trust in their heart that God had something good for them and that God was going to make their life good and God was going to use them. And so they were able to tap into the favor of God because they had confidence. And you can't tap into God's favor if you don't have God's confidence working in your life. And so the enemy will go after that, especially when you feel like what you're doing is failing, when you feel like a failure. The enemy's going to tell you, you are a failure. So he goes after your identity. You're a failure. And then you start agreeing, I'm a failure. Your confidence starts leaking out. And if you don't have confidence, your faith doesn't work. And so you're, you're all pulled down. And so I, I've kind of lived through all that and, and, and experienced that. And, and it's like this awakening is starting to happen. And I, I realize it's like this cloud lifting on me. Oh, I was, just, I was just aching the wrong way. I was not thinking right. I wasn't thinking right. I was listening to the wrong voices. I was listening to the devil's plan for my life and who he says I was. Are y'all okay? Yeah, And so God's bringing this awakening now. It's a prophetic awakening. Okay, that's what God's doing right now. That's why I'm talking to you about prophetic. God's bringing an awakening. In people's hearts. And He wants to awaken you to who you really are. He wants to restore your vision. He wants to heal your vision. To repair your vision for your life. Where you begin to see what God sees about you and about your life. Instead of you seeing what the world sees or what the devil's telling you. This is important. This is important because we're talking about how you live your life and how you need to go forward. It makes all the difference in the world. See, actually, when God begins to take that thing off of you, your circumstances may not immediately change. But you, you'll see everything completely different. Suddenly those things that irritated you, suddenly those things that kept you pulled down, won't pull you down no more. They won't bother you no more. You'll wonder why did they ever bother me in the first place? Why did I ever think that? Why did I ever think I was a failure, Lord? Why did I ever think you were done with me, Lord? Why did I ever think that? Why did I let that get into my life? And see, when God begins to operate in your life and start speaking to you and start releasing that prophetic anointing, those things. You can take that thing and you can say, God's not done. I'm not a failure. I'm good enough. Because God says I am. And see, that's what God wants to do for people right now. That's what God wants to do for a lot of people in this room. I want to read this one more scripture. Are you okay? I love this scripture right here. We We were talking about this this morning, me and Becky. Because we were remembering some things. We were remembering some promises from the Lord. I'm I'm talking about old promises. Like 1990's promises. Anybody know 1990's promises? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something. It's just a crush. There's a lot of crushing from... 2018, back in the 1990s, a lot of, a lot of brokenness and a heartbreak, you know, a lot. But when you begin to remember those promises, it's like something in you it starts coming alive, you know. It's because that promise is alive in you. It never died. You think it died. But God wants to remind some people about some promises. Because I'm going to say, if God gave you a promise, it is not dead. Right. God remembers everything He ever said. And he's remembered everything you've ever told Him. But listen to this. Psalm 102, verse 12 through 13. Now, I encourage you to read the whole thing. Actually, somebody sent us this song <laughs> this morning. And it was a song about Psalm 102. And as actually Kevin Cross. Um, which it was a... And I was to make you, I can remember listening to that song, Crying, Broken, what he was saying. It broken for a situation in my family. Just broken and weakened. And when I listened to that song, it brought me right back to that place. It also brought me back to some things that God told me in that time. Okay? And I realized, them things are still alive in me. It's what Becky was saying. You know, sometimes when she's up here saying... Oh, you know, Lord, we've just tried to throw the revival away because it hurt us so bad when it stopped. Are you getting this? We, we just we just said, we're just done. We're going to go on and forget all that. Right? That's what she was saying. I hope you get this. We're just done with that, Lord. But it kind of comes back around. It comes back around. And that's what I want y'all to get. I want y'all to get something in you that will come back around no matter what you been through. No matter how hurt you are, no matter how disappointed you are in God, and no matter if you just walk away from God, it comes back around. It just comes back around in you and you realize it's just in me. It's in me, Lord, and I can't I can't deny. I can't deny it. It's inside of me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if everybody has a new theology on revival. I'm just so sorry. But that thing is in me to see God move. Amen. I can't deny that. I would be lying if I denied it. I'd be lying if what's in me. That's right. And I pray that everybody would get whatever that is in you. The promises of God. The destiny of God. The purposes of God. Of why you're on this earth right this moment. That it would stir in you today. Yes. And something would wake up inside of you. Amen. I'm talking about inside of We were talking about, we got it, Jacob was saying it, we got it already inside us. That's what he was saying. It's in us that something would awaken in you. Not waiting on something to come at you, but something to come up in you. Yes. You know, because you know what? You can have something, you can have a glorious church meeting and go home about <coughs> 6 o'clock that night and be mean as a rattlesnake. <laughs> and I, you might not even make it to six. You might be going you know, in the car on the way home. <laughs> it's terrible. But when you got something inside of you that's coming up in you and you can't deny it, that's, that's it. But listen to this. Psalm 102, 12 through 13. I love this. This is the Passion Translation also, because I read it this morning. It says, and this is what this Psalm is about. This psalm is a cry to the Lord. It's a cry from a broken, busted, sick person that says, I'm dying. That's what they were saying. I'm dying. I'm I'm, I'm skin and bones. I'm melting away. And and God had not answered them. God had not spoken to them. God had not moved in their life. And this was their cry to God. Read the whole song. And then about down here, about down in the middle, he goes through all his groans and moans and pains and sorrow. But then he says, But then... But then, but then I remembered that you, oh Lord, that's what I want you to get. That's what Becky was sitting there. But then I remembered there's something in me. There's something God's put in me. There's a dream God put in me. I thought it was dead. There's a passion that God put in me. I thought it was dead. That's, that's what he's saying and that's what God's saying to you this morning. That you, oh Lord, you still sin enthroned as king over all. Isn't that beautiful? You still, no matter how I might be dying, no matter how I might be wasting away, no matter how I might be discouraged and broken and feeling rejected and feeling lost in my life, you still sit as the king. You still sit as the king. Because none of this that I'm going through, none of this that I'm thinking does not diminish who you are. I can't pull you down to my level of being disappointed and broken and disgusted. Because you can can never be that yourself. The fame of your name will be revealed to every generation. That's that's a promise in the Bible. The fame of the name of the Lord. Every generation will see it. Every generation will experience it. There will be a move of God again. Because there's generations that need to see it. You know, that's one of the things that needs to happen with some younger people. They need their own move. They don't need daddy's move or granddaddy's move. That was their move. They need their move. And I want them to have their move. I want them to have it. And I want to get in their move with them. And I'm committed to getting in their move with them. I'm committed. If they have their move, I'm in the move with them. And it's probably not going to look like my move. More than likely it's not because God just don't want you to do that. That's how he says. You don't want that move? Okay, good. They do. Listen, I know you're you're about to arise and show your tender love to Zion. I know you are. Okay, we know Zion literally is Jerusalem. Yeah, we're getting in on that this morning. I'm okay. getting in on it. Oh, i you're about to rise, Lord, and show your love to me. I'm getting in on this. If you can do it for them, I'm in. Are y'all going to get in on this? Yeah. This is what I'm telling you, the Lord's saying, I'm about to rise and show some tender love. They're saying it already. Listen, now is the time, Lord. This is a guy speaking prophetically to God. This is a sick man almost at death's door saying this to God. Now's the time, Lord. Now's the time. We can say that to God this morning. Lord, now's the time. Yeah. Now's, yeah. The time. Yeah. now's the time. Knocking the time. i next knocking more Now, right Now. Right now. Yeah. now. Now's the time for you to rise and show compassion in me. To awaken something in me. To cause me to repent, Lord, and forget what I was into and what I was thinking and how I was thinking. I'm, I'm done with that. I'm just done. I'm going to think differently today, Lord. I'm going to live differently from this moment on. Now is the time for your compassion and mercy to be poured out. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Now's the time for your compassion and mercy. That's what God wants to do. He wants to pour out his compassion and mercy. That's what God wants to do. That's what He's saying. That's why He's starting to stir things in people. People are starting to feel stuff. I'm, I'm not the only person because but if I was I'd still be saying this. There's other people that feel there's you know there's something happening in the spirit realm. Uh, I have people, wow, I have this person, I don't even know that I kind of got to I have this like a pen pal. Y'all know what pen pals (laughs) are? There's still such a thing. Except we use Gmail. And she's eighty seven or eighty eight years old. That's my pen. she wants me to call her now. What? <laughs> okay, I'll be one of your grandkids. Would you like to be one of my adopted grandsons? Yeah. Well, that dude call me Nana. Cool. I'm good with the Nana thing. But she's a mighty, mighty prophetess. You know, she's been sending me all these prophetic words. Because that's what she does. She prays for people and asks the Lord. I Man, it's just so it's so encouraging when somebody sends you a word that somebody that morning told you the same thing. You know? And then you get this email that that evening and they're telling you what that person told you that morning. And they don't know each other other from Adam. And that woman has never laid eyes on me except for pictures. It's so awesome. Listen, it's now the time for the Lord. It's time, Lord, for your compassion and mercy to be poured out. The appointed time has come, listen, for your prophetic promises to be fulfilled. For your prophetic promises to be fulfilled. Your prophetic promises. Your prophetic promises. Your prophetic promises. The promises that God has spoken over your life. The promises God has spoken over your family. The promises God has spoken over your grandchildren, your children. The promises, and that was what we were weeping about. We were weeping about when I was telling you back in the 90s. We were weeping over one of our kids. Or where they were at at that place in their life. And we were hearing this psalm one and two for every generation that God it was time for God to move in that generation and you can look at that generation they're pretty pretty in bad shape really yeah. really hard they call them the millennial generation well they're in bad shape man I hate to say but they ain't too bad shape for God to get them though yeah. amen yeah. so anyways thank the Lord yeah. let me just ask the Lord to here, to just, you know, prophetic promise-wise, to start stirring stuff inside of you, so there could be a change in your life, you know, just impartation, I'm not sure that what I'm saying is really, you know, justifying what I believe the Lord is saying, it doesn't really, it doesn't equal my mind, but I believe God's got angels here to help people this morning, Really do. Um, they said that are doing
2: worship too. They were really prophesying up
0: here doing to, to worship this morning. And so I might be worshiping and come back up. And what I want to do is I want people who feel like that God is stirring them on the inside to somehow okay. stand up where you're at or whatever. So I'm thanks out. Well, that's easy for Rhonda to think because she it's my hands, right, Rhonda?
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to be in trouble if I don't at least try to do this. Um, I just don't like to interrupt pastor, but um, I really think you had a really strong word. How, just raise your hand. If you feel like you've had your hope damaged or stolen. If you've had your hope, that hope, that knowing that God has more for you in the future than you've possessed in the past, that you've had this year, your hope was broken and stolen and damaged. I believe God wants you to stand right now. And I believe there's an anointing here to impart to you a restoration of hope. Without hope that God has not done yet, that He's still got things to do in you, that you've not possessed yet, you will not move forward. Lord, right now, do a, 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 an immaculate, anointed, supernatural restoration of our lost and damaged hope, Lord. Restore the hope in our hearts, Lord God, in Jesus' name and for His glory. Restore the hope that has been damaged and stolen, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah. Stay stand out. You want to share that word, Ron?
1: this morning during prayer I saw um, a rock and remember when Moses struck the rock and the water gushed out and I feel like just what Byron was sharing that the rock was Jesus and Jesus was, is there you know and he struck it it's like the Lord's like I'm here you have, sometimes we have to strike the hard stuff that gets on our heart and the, the Lord this morning's like just strike that hard stuff that's
3: been settled on your heart because I'm here we have authority just by believing
1: that that we can call in the name of Jesus if you don't know Jesus today it's a day of salvation if you do know Jesus and you've been shut down if you've been let go of those promises that the Lord spoke and of who he says you are. Today is the day the barren really has released that really grabbing hold of
3: who he says you are and going forward in that. Si necesitas si no conoces al Señor Jesús, esta mañana es tu oportunidad de llegarlo a conocer a él. Y tú también tienes autoridad como hijo del Señor. Así que vamos a aprovechar este momento y vamos a entrar en su presencia. I believe anybody that's really
1: already standing in that place, they're the ones that need to lay hands on those who are struggling in that place. And, you know, I want Byron Becky, man, to pray for people, because I really feel like the Lord's releasing that. Becky's up. It's like, I want you guys to pray for me, because I want that to be stirred up in me. So I say there's just no shame, to come up and receive what the Lord's releasing. Re- receive that prophetic, and receive what the Lord's saying today. al
3: frente los pastores van a orar por ustedes ven y recibe esta unción profética sobre tu vida para que seas restaurado ok if you'd like to come up here you can si quieres pasar pasa vengan no le tengan vergüenza hermanos maybe jam can come out of LA hands on some day more damn y el pastor Santiago Gil pase para orar por las personas I'm telling you there's a spirit of impartation hay un espíritu de impartición sobre este lugar God can release something or put something in you that you don't have. Dios what soltar algo en ti o poner algo en ti que tú no tienes. Esto es lo Pablo le dijo a Timoteo. Through the prophecies, through the laying of the hands. There was this impartation that happened to that man. It caused Timothy to become Timothy. So I'm not claiming to be Paul or I'm not claiming you to be Timothy. No estoy diciendo que yo soy Pablo ni tú eres Timoteo. Pero yo estoy diciendo esto: the word of God has power. que la palabra de Dios tiene poder. God can do his part. Dios puede hacer su parte. Señor, eso te pedimos, Señor. Si pedimos por la impartición Lord, of hope, de la esperanza, of dreams, de sueños, of anointing. de la unción. Tim, come out here, lay hands with me.